Hey there. In this episode, I am joined by Barb McGrath from Above the Fold Digital Marketing, and we are going to talk about online course platforms. Specifically, once we get into sort of some techie details, our platforms of choice, which for Barb is Heights and for me is Kajabi. But before we dive into that, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my mission is to help you figure shit out and get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today I'm loving allergy medications, barbecue, and of course, as always, Star Wars. So, so um, speaking of email and things like that, so what other, what other parts, I guess, of your course, because everyone, they think of the online course and they're just like, oh, there's lessons, but there's actually so many other related things that go along with selling and delivering a course. So what else um, can Heist, we'll get into integrations maybe a little bit later, sure. but what else can Heights do um, besides just like hosting and delivering the course? What other okay. things that you don't have to go out and purchase other software for? Yeah, no, that's a good question. One of the things that I do like about Heights is the engagement aspect. So there's a discussion board right inside the course. And I know for some course um, builders, they'll still keep their discussion board either on Facebook or they'll keep it in Slack. Uh, mm -hmm. But we opted to keep ours right in the discussion board. And we work to build engagement in there. It's a very... I'll call it a, a basic, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's a, a really rudimentary discussion board as we may have had a few years ago, uh, if you were part of a Yahoo group or a Google group. And it's really, you know, topic specific, people post information, they can post links, they can share gifts, they can answer questions. But the goal with the discussion board is to keep the entire course together. Right. And the reason that we stuck with the discussion board is because as we built out our advanced courses, we also have secondary discussion boards for each of those courses. Mm -hmm. So if we had a single Facebook group, we would have had to, you know, somehow segregate that conversation or have multiple Facebook groups. And I just didn't want to go down that path. Yeah. So instead we created the discussion board and it does two different things. On one hand, Maybe we don't get as many questions as we would if we had a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. But for us, it keeps everything in a single place so we can go back to students at any point in time and answer a question. Yeah. And it then, I suppose, puts us and our students in a position where they're really going to ask the important questions and we know and we respond to those questions as quick as we can. Mm -hmm. So there's a discussion board in there. Um, I can monitor student progress. Um, you can you can add like a coaching package or add-ons. Yeah. Uh, you can add downloads. Like it's pretty pretty flexible uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what we can do. And then yeah, as you started to reference, you know, we can do email and and anything outside the course as well. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting about the discussion board because that I know that's one of the areas where I feel like Kajabi, you know, spent 10 minutes going, oh, we should have some sort of forum feature and then just plunked it in and then walked away. And it's it's not great, I'll be honest. Okay, mm yeah. <laughs> there, but so if it was if it was part of if it was like a lesson type that you could set up, like, oh 
this is a discussion area for mm-hmm. that each course you have, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the forum is actually a separate product type. Ah. So if somebody was buying your course and you were having your discussion forum, they call it a community, and you were having that on Kajabi. So when they buy your course, you have you have to grant them access to two products. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then they have to, you either have to explain how to toggle back and forth between them because, or you have oh. to mix in your course to say, here's where the community is and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. unless they go to their library, they don't see they have access to two different things. So Got it. if it's, if you have, if your business is set up so that you have one forum for all of your courses mm-hmm. and everyone gets access to the forum, then that is okay. But okay. what most course creators are doing is each course, because the topics might be different or people might be learning different levels of things or have paid for different amounts of support. Mm-hmm. They, need, they need that forum on a course basis. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. So the functionality is super basic. I know lots of people have tried to use it and then Mm -hmm. have just went, nope, this isn't working and have gone back to like Slack or Facebook group. Um, It's really too bad. I mean, I think as long as Facebook groups are still kind of working and Slack is getting more popular, I think we'll be okay. But as time goes on, I think there's going to be a lot more demand for that forum feature to be improved. (laughs) (laughs) So here's an interesting um, tidbit. Inside the course, we have uh, assignments. I call them to do's because it doesn't feel I don't feel like I'm assigning something. I feel like I'm asking somebody to do something. So we call them to do's. Students then do the to do and they submit an answer. So I was in there the other day. And when I first started delivering the course, I received notification every time I got a student answer. And then it got to be a little bit overwhelming. So I turned (laughs) off my notifications and I make a point when the course is live to go in there and take a look at student answers. Right. So when I was in in there the other day and I haven't been in there for a couple of months now, I discovered that I have 1900 student answers (laughs) to go through. (laughs) I don't think I'm gonna get through all of them anytime soon. Oh no. <laughs> but the good news is, the great news is, my students are doing the assignments. Now I just need to be a better teacher and go through and actually look. <laughs> yeah, I was a little overwhelmed by 1900. It was like, oh, that's an inbox that will never get cleared. <laughs> right? Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that little those little to-dos though. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, yeah, being able to assign work and them, because in, in Kajabi, like, you can mark a lesson as complete, Mm -hmm. um, or, but that's, that's really, that's really it, like, for the student to say, hey, I did this, Uh, but really all they're saying is that they watched the video or listened to the audio, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's honor-based, but I mean, it's, it's simple. 
one of the things that I learned from you, uh, and I think it might have been in one of your podcasts, an earlier one, you talked about 10 minutes being about the right lesson length. And I have some lessons that are really long, and I knew they needed some work. Uh, and then I have some lessons that are really short. So uh, one Saturday when I was sitting down and trying to figure out, you know, some of the course improvements that I wanted to make, I started mapping out course length and the number of people who watch, as well as the number of hours that that particular lesson has been watched. And absolutely, it holds true that a shorter lesson will engage a greater number of people for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So even though something might be an hour long and you know, 300 people watched it, well, there's still a lower number of viewing hours kind of on a per person basis. Um, So I quite often will look at that data to help me understand, you know, are students getting this lesson? Are they getting lost? Uh, Do they understand where they're trying to go? Because you're right, when a student marks it as complete, and yet I can see only, you know, 21 people watched it instead of 300 and some. It's like, yeah. okay, I don't think they quite yeah. got this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like I know I can go into my analytics and I can see, oh, somebody completed this lesson. But when I dig in deeper, they only watched like three minutes of the video. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you really? Did you really? So, and, and that's so interesting to me because same thing, when I look at my student history, I can pick, you know, any particular student and I, I can go back and look at their history and, oh, two minutes ago, you completed this four minutes ago, you completed that seven minutes, right? It's like, okay. (laughs) The reason some of my students will move through that way is because, um, the course awards points. So we use gamification to help students understand, you know, how much has been completed and they get points and they get badges and it's lots of fun, but these are business owners or marketing people in a local business who, if they don't want to do something like, it doesn't matter that I've put it there. They're not required to do it. So they'll just mark it off. But of course, they still get the points and they watch their points total, you know, kind of go <laughs> up and up and up as the badges go up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny because there are people out there that like, I think gamification is really good and it can be really mm-hmm. valuable. It's just you, every once in a while, you'll have someone who doesn't really care or is obsessed with like, oh, I have to complete everything and get all the points. And then they get too focused on that. Yes. On actually learning the material. <laughs> and, you know, I had that happen with a student not too long ago. The person had completed every single lesson. It actually helped me figure out what the maximum number of points in the course was because every single lesson had been completed. But then when I had a conversation with the person and asked what should have been a pretty basic question by the end of the course, they drew a blank. They didn't have a clue. And I was like, okay, let's go back and let's take a look at lesson number two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had people ask me like, cause at some point you just have to trust people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've had clients ask me if there is a way to, like somehow to actually lock lessons until there's some way to prove that the person really like watched and learned everything. Mm -hmm. Like, well, 
I mean, I guess if you wanted to go to some sort of like enterprise level software where they had to do a test after every lesson and you had to manually mark it and then they can't move on until you actually see that they pass the test and you click okay and then they go and then they're like well that sounds like a lot of work and I'm like yeah no kidding mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why all of these platforms are generally you know we're all adults so if you completed this lesson and you mark it complete we're going to trust that you did it mm-hmm. <laughs> And in our case, I mean, and a lot of times we're dealing with employers and employees, it's not up to us to ensure that the employee did the work. It's up to the employer to say, you know, Sally, did you get through that course that we signed up for? And what's been the outcome? And certainly, you know, if an employee comes back and says, oh, I didn't get anything out of it. If I was the employer, I'd be like, hmm, you know, that's really odd because, right, there's always... There's always two sides to it. But yeah, if students really do the work, guaranteed they're going to find value in the course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any, you might just do this on your website because that's your preference, but um, like having a built-in, like you create a course and it comes with a sales page area where you can actually make the sales page like in heights or Mm -hmm. already kind of have that on your website and you just link to so interesting that you asked that question because we're actually just going through a bit of a brand refresh and as part of that uh, we want to move our landing pages and course payment right inside heights so heights connects with both paypal uh, and stripe the challenge for us because we're in canada is we need to be able to demonstrate the canadian taxes paid Um, And so we have to be able to separate out, here's what you paid in tax, here's what you paid for the course, and tie all those pieces together. Um, So yes, we can do it. And the plan is to get there. Right now, we just do everything with WordPress and WooCommerce, only because of that tax piece. So as those changes happen, we'll make the move with the brand refresh to have everything there. But one of the things that I really love, and I assume that this probably works with Kajabi as well, is as course builders, I find that we're quite often pushed to have financing, finance over three months, finance over six months. And we've never gone down that path because PayPal has financing. And so if you don't want to pay for your course right up front, you Mm -hmm. can choose to to pay with PayPal, and if you've been pre-approved, then you pay them back on a monthly basis. That's, yeah, that's so interesting. And that's something I only learned, I think pretty recently, because uh, there was something else I signed up for and it was pretty pricey, not gonna Mm -hmm. lie. Um, And there was this whole, like part of the market, like I signed up almost immediately because I knew what I wanted. but then there were a bunch of marketing messages about how to finance paying for the course. And like, here's all the ideas. And like, it was, it was things I'd never seen before. Like, here's how you talk to your family about money and the benefits of this course, like in the idea that you might have to borrow money uh, friends okay. and family to pay. Mm-hmm. Then it also went into financing through PayPal. And I was like, holy shit, that's right. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's something a lot of people don't realize. And mm-hmm. so people get really hung up on payment plans. Like I still have 
Oh no, actually I got rid of all my payment plans. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. So yeah, we've never gone down that path. I, I honestly don't feel like we are big enough to start financing someone else's payments yeah. when there's existing options. If you pay with a credit card, you can totally make the choice to pay over the next three months. And chances yeah. are the credit card, even with the, the bit of interest that will accrue, is probably still less than if we broke ours into three payments and charged the extra 10 or 15%. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's such a good point because the whole idea of a payment plan is because it's higher risk for us as the course creator. Mm -hmm. We're do a lot more if you add up those whatever however many payments they are you're going to pay a lot more exactly you just paid in full up front mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i agree now yeah. we've never talked about that on our website or even on the landing pages uh and it might be something that we need to look at in the future but based on the current course participants we haven't been pushed by very many participants to have some payment options. Yeah. So we've kept it simple at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So talking about what your participants have been saying, I want to talk briefly about the, the feedback that you get from students about the platform, but also how you feel about using it. So kind of the, the ease of use, from your students' perspective, but then also from your perspective. Mm -hmm. I like it because as we talked earlier, it's very intuitive for me. It's linear. They give you this course outline, you put your uh, lessons, your modules, you break it down between courses. It is literally a linear process. I can jump between lessons to make edits, but it works for my brain. For mm -hmm. students, we hear that they like it because they get in there, Again, I'm an A, B, C, D kind of girl. I like things in order. So my students get in and we tell them, click on the first module, click on the second module, right? right. Move through the process. Uh, students appreciate that they can go in there. Uh, they can post to the discussion board. They can ask questions in the private mail. Uh, they can listen on their phones. They can log into a video from wherever. So the feedback we've had from students is that they like the flexibility that's there. And, you know, you definitely wouldn't want to listen to a technical lesson on your phone and try and follow along with the screen because our yeah. course is quite technical. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if they're listening to one of the live presentations, then absolutely log in on your phone, plug me into your, you know, vehicle as you're driving and I'll keep you entertained for 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tend the the main feedback I get from students when they're in one of my courses tends to be just everything is laid out nice and looks nice and it's just easy to find things. Mm -hmm. Now, yes. uh, for me as a student, there was one person I took a course from, it was in Kajabi where I kept getting lost. Okay. That was because of the way they had structured the lessons. Like because for some reason, Kajabi decided to let you have like a module and then a sub module. Mm -hmm. and, then, and to me, that makes, it doesn't make sense. It's that's no. too many, like, that's too many hierarchies. You just need modules and lessons or sometimes just lessons. Right. <laughs> and so this person's course, I was continually getting lost. I was like trying to follow the breadcrumbs, like clicking mm -hmm. on it. 
go back to the area where I was supposed to be and just getting lost and frustrated. But I've never had that experience in anyone else's Kajabi course and no one's ever complained about that with me. So oh, good. I know that's just because I'm just keeping things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then they really like how there's a button at the top of the course where it'll take you to where you left off. Mm -hmm. So if you've been watching videos and marking things as complete, the next time you log in and you click like resume, it'll take you to the next thing you haven't yes lots. so if there are lots and lots like if if you have like 10 modules that have 10 lessons each mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out where did i leave off <laughs> they're like well i just clicked that it just takes me to wherever i need to be so mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that's a good question because i i actually don't know so when a student logs in they hit our courses page so they would see everything but that's a good question i don't know if when they hit the actual course if it does take them back where they left off that's a good question that's something that i'll have to check mm. yeah ask someone to mm -hmm. go in or yeah um, one of the things uh that i've seen in kajabi just from the courses that i've taken graphically it's very appealing it mm -hmm. is set up in a in a very nice way. Uh, and, and that's one thing that I'm watching heights, it's getting better, yeah. but it's not at that same level yet. And so there's, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of customization that I can do, but you know, as I referenced earlier, when, yeah. if I want to move my downloads from the top of the page to the bottom of the page instead, then I'm going to have to do that with some sort of custom CSS versus yeah. that being the default. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the, the courses, the way they're laid out, cause that was like the very first thing they focused on. And so just having everything kind of be clean and modern and simple, like there's not a lot of clutter for a while they didn't even you couldn't even make a course that had a sidebar it was just like the list of lessons mm -hmm. they did add in a sidebar so you can make that as messy as possible but it's still like it's still nicely spaced out <laughs> so it's not too bad but their back-end interface is like that too mm -hmm. um, like to use it my one my only um, complaint, which isn't a complaint anymore, just because I know the platform well enough. But I can see with new users, and certainly when I started using it, finding stuff mm -hmm. like okay, because there's so many pieces. It's like okay, so you have to make a sales page, and then that connects to an offer, and you have to create your offer, which has its own checkout page, and then the checkout page has to have a thank you page once they purchase, and then they grant that has to grant access to this product. So all those pieces, <laughs> they're in different places. Mm -hmm. And you have some things that, you know, like you can make a funnel and it'll prompt you to make all those pieces as you go. Mm -hmm. But if you're only working on one of those pieces mm -hmm. or you're doing things like, cause now I don't bother to use the funnels up front. I just make all the right. pieces. So I can see how new users could get a little bit lost in all the things that have to be done. Mm -hmm. um, but so it's, a, it's just a learning curve. And once you know where everything is, then you're good. But yes, the learning curve for that kind of thing is, is a little steep. Once you know where you're supposed to go, then making the thing is easy. It's yeah. just 
finding that space. <laughs> that thing in the first place. Yes. And yeah. that goes back to how everyone does it different. Because yeah. I know when new course builders get started, you know, first they log in and it's like, where do I start? And so a lot of folks will hop into the Facebook group and they'll start to ask questions. And something that seems like a really simple question, like how do I do X? They get nine different answers and they're all, you know, completely different ways of doing things. And I, like, sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, oh, that poor person. Yeah. Or like when somebody says, hey, can I do this? Like, can I do X? And the first person answers no. And then the second person just answers yes. And then you're like, that's so unhelpful. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, at least give a little bit more detail or because then, yeah, that's just like, <laughs> exactly how much can we confuse you on any given day uh, yeah yeah uh, exactly and, yeah and as because I'm sure heights is like iterating fairly regularly like mm -hmm. and so and Kajabi is now and so to keep up with the changes because when you ask oh can it do this thing can it do x well six months ago the answer would have been no but now it's yes and if you don't keep up to date, mm -hmm. that can be a little bit challenging. Um, yes. But that's when, yeah. As, so as a course creator, whatever platform you pick, try to stay up to date on feature changes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, last summer, uh, there was a whole bunch of course updates, but we weren't delivering over the summer. So when it came back to a live course period, like I actually had to take a day and just kind of reorientate myself and not yeah. that it looked entirely different, but over the course of four months, changes happen and you know, it's like, okay, oh yes, this button was here and oh, look, they moved that button. And <laughs> yeah, even just changing where a setting is, it just totally throws you off. If, especially if you're in a hurry to do something and you log mm -hmm. in and suddenly things look different or yeah, there's a tick box that is suddenly gone, but really it just moved and yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what support forums are for, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know what? That's one thing that I will give Height so much credit for. Their support is incredible. They will comment in the uh, Facebook group and they provide detailed comments. They will answer emails and provide details. If you're struggling with, you know, some kind of setup for a video, they'll send you a picture of theirs. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I give them so much credit for. They make sure that they provide outstanding support because so many of us are first time course builders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think people, I mean, I think this is true across the board if you're any tech you're looking into, but if you're doing something for the first time and you pick a platform that has bad, well, bad's a relative term, bad customer service, or if you're picking something free because you don't want to spend the money, but the free option doesn't have any support, you're going to run into a lot of trouble. Yeah. So that's like another thing if you... If you're a first-time course creator and you're not techie, you're mm -hmm. going to need that help. So you're either going to need something that has really outstanding customer service, like Heights, like Kajabi, or you're going to need to hire someone to help support your course creation that mm -hmm. has experience in that platform. Yes. Um, because just never underestimate good customer service. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, can, I think it's right. Your it's underrated. Yeah. 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 It'll totally make or break your experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted, you mentioned custom CSS a bit. So mm-hmm. I want to get into some more of the techie stuff, even though I know we keep touching on it because we can't help ourselves. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So for anyone out there who's like, what the hell are these acronyms and what's going on? This is where it starts to get techie. <laughs> Forgive me. Heads up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So do you find that you're having to customize every time or just, or do you kind of have, this is the way you want it. And so it's always coded that way every time and you just reuse it. So I wouldn't have to do any custom if I didn't want to. There's been some small things that I wanted to customize like fonts. And uh, I also have a chat right inside the course so that students can talk to me, you know, whenever they're working on a lesson. So those were optional. If I wanted to go the next level and start to customize, you know, specific lessons, modules, courses, again, anything that can be defined by that CSS class, I could then start to change. I haven't gone to that level because for the most part, the standard out of the box works for me. And there's only those couple of instances where it hasn't. Um, And probably the, the only other significant code that I've put on the site would be each of the tracking pixels for Google analytics and Google ads and Facebook ads and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And you had to code those in, they didn't have like a space for them. So what they have is at the back end, they give you these three boxes. And if you want code that goes across your entire site, you use one box. If you want it to be, I think it's course specific, it goes in the next box. And then if you want it lesson, so you pick where your code goes. And it took a little bit of playing to get the hang of it because it's, you know, it's not exactly the same from WordPress to something else. But once you get the hang of it, it's like, oh, there we go. And now I can keep on going. Right. Yeah, you just have to think about where, like what level you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because so Kajabi, I was just thinking like I've never custom coded any of my courses. And I just realized it's because everything else in Kajabi, well, I shouldn't say everything else. If you're on a certain plan, you have access to the code editor, but not for courses. Okay. Yeah. So I think they don't let you play with the code for the courses because you could break something else. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If you want to make a landing page or a website or your blog or whatever, you can custom code the hell out of those. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say you can't have a custom coded course. You can buy. So like people will code an entire course and then you can buy it from them and you just install it. Oh. But I'm looking, I'm looking right now. I'm like, yeah, there's no place to edit the code. Well, oh wait, I lied. Huh, I found it, edit code. Jeez. There it is. <laughs> there okay. you go. And now we know what Brandy's doing after yeah. the podcast. Okay, but yeah, so it's the same 
you still have to be on a certain plan level. But the, yeah, it's the same. It's the same as um, editing the pages or anything, but you do have to be more careful with the product stuff mm -hmm. because you could break <laughs> the way it works. Like suddenly the complete button no longer works or your videos won't play or anything like that. Exactly. And that's what I'd be afraid of is breaking something that I don't know about until a student comes back and says, oh, we can no longer get to any of your videos. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's not, I find it's not very common for people to customize, like to custom code the courses. Like, yes, they do for the landing pages and the websites and things, but not so much with the courses. I, that might get, that might get more common. I've started mm -hmm. to see some businesses, like, because for forever, there's always been like Kajabi experts. So people who will help yeah. you set things up. Mm -hmm. um, and then there'll be like Kajabi coders. So if you need something changed, but now I'm starting to see a lot of people are like, it's going kind of the WordPress route where you start to see people are developing themes for things that you okay. do buy themes and templates that you just buy. Uh. So, and for most people, they're using Kajabi because they're not super techie. Mm -hmm. And so they're just going to buy a template from someone and upload it and then that's the way their course looks okay yeah probably not doing a lot of customization yes and you know when you're when you're a first-time course builder that makes perfect sense to me or if you're not comfortable in that space the only reason i would even think about css is because i'm comfortable with it and i know if i break it i can unbreak it but if i wasn't comfortable i wouldn't touch it i wouldn't yeah. even think about it yeah and so that's the thing, the other areas of Kajabi, there is a space for custom CSS where you don't actually have to go into the CSS file. So mm -hmm. it just, it's for overrides, but in the, in the products, like the courses, they don't have that. So you're oh. editing the files if you're doing the CSS with a product. So it's okay. just, there is some functionality that they haven't moved into the courses yet. Mm -hmm that I don't know, maybe they don't, they don't want people to be playing with that stuff. Um, but I don't know, I would kind of like to see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what, for me, it's I obviously being Android, I love open source, I just want the freedom. It's not that I'll necessarily do it. But when I've purchased it, when I've paid for it, when I'm building it, I just want the freedom to do what I want. And if I hit my own limit, then I'm okay with that. But I don't want to hit their limit. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, especially if you want, if you want something like branded that looks like all of your other online material, like you want mm -hmm. it to look as your website as possible and your other, you know, your other stuff. So you do want to use the font that you want to use. Yeah, exactly. You want all your colors. And some of these like basic kind of cosmetic things, mm -hmm. sometimes you can set them and sometimes you can't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Brandy, it's been a pleasure to join you today. Is there anything else that we want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, let's just, if there is anything that we didn't touch on, that just is popping into your brain. That's like, oh, I wanted to talk about this thing with heights. Was there anything that we that we didn't get to? 
Um, you know, I think we've really touched on the, the big points for me. Uh, one of the things that I do really like, and this goes back to our conversation on the discussion board, is being able to bundle things. And so I can give Brandy bundle A and I can give Sally uh, bundle B and somebody else bundle C and know that they actually get the pieces that they need. Um, it's something that I've just recently started using because up until then, uh, you know, it was very like it was just here. Everybody gets uh, the same thing. But mm -hmm. as the number of courses grow, we needed more flexibility. So yeah. between bundles and, you know, it's called a user rule. It's given me the flexibility that I need. Uh, and again, I don't want to bump into somebody else's limit. I want to find my own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The bundling is it's awesome being able to give people, <laughs> you get this, these things and you get these things and mm -hmm. uh, that flexibility is really important. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, tell the people <laughs> where they can find you, where they can get in touch. If you've got anything coming up that you want everyone to know about. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, so as Brandy referenced earlier, um, Above the Fold is our digital agency and our course is called Get Found Digital Marketing. So Above the Fold Digital Marketing. And you'll find us online at AboveTheFold.live and GetFound.live. Our social is all under Above the Fold CA. But if you simply Google, uh, or actually, if you simply search for Google Girl, you'll find me. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> So that wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That's Brandy with an I, not with a Y. There you'll also find show notes and links to any of the resources that we talked about today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. And I wish you all the best getting shit done this week.